Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Hey guys, look, you'll know that I am all in when it comes to optimal wellness. And I do that largely through food. The food that we find, prepare, cook and eat at home is really the foundation behind how I feel so vital, energized, cognitively sharp, and you know, a sense that as a family we're thriving. But I also believe there is a place and a time for supplementation. And it's in this episode, we'll talk exactly about that. Is supplementation necessary? I believe some supplements are. And what supplements to take to give you that sense of optimal wellness. Now, this episode is going to make me sound like a bit of a freak because we go through quite a stack of supplements. But hopefully you can handpick through those, the ones that you believe are going to support the change that you're trying to elicit most. We break down the supplements into four major categories. Um, those that help support muscle growth, those that help and assist with rest and recovery from training, uh, those that help with general wellness. And then if you really want to go optimal on the wellness front, there's a two or three extras that um, really show the freak in me. I also do talk about um, foods that are similar to supplements in how I take them and should be considered because of their superfood nature, as well as a concoction that I have put together called the Awesome Morning Fuel that helps bring a lot of these um, compounds and supplements together in one convenient, easy to take and tasty shake. Hopefully you get what you need from this episode, guys, and you are fueled and excited to consider some extra supplements on top of a great diet for you to be your best. Enjoy. Yeah, I think supplementation is, I'd say for most people, most people should take something. Yeah. And it depends on your goals and mm -hmm. it depends on where you are on, you know, your journey of really looking after yourself but as a minimum there's probably one or two things that most people should do just to mm -hmm. ensure that the food that they're having isn't leaving any nutritional holes yeah that's kind of how i think about supplementation do you do you agree yeah, do you feel uh, yeah i'd say that uh, our food our real food is our big rocks and then the little rocks are obviously supplements just to fill the gaps like you said so if you're i never I'll never subscribe, subscribe, prescribe um, supplements to someone that already has a bad diet. I'll only prescribe to someone that has a good diet because it's the icing on top of a good diet. Yeah. It's not to replace a bad diet. So I think it supplements have has its place, but people place too much importance on it as if it's just as good as eating a whole diet. So I think actually if you're you're focusing on food and nutrition first, then you can look at supplementation to add on top of that to fill the gaps. Yeah, for example, if your if your diet mostly comprises of having um, you know not good for you takeaways, right? And you know which ones they are, and that's the majority of your your dieting week mm -hmm. is eating crappy food that's laden with saturated fats and yeah. you know you know bad hydrogenated oils and 
you know, it hasn't got much in the way of vegetables and it's just loaded with gluten and crap. Like if that's your, most of your food choices, then sticking a supplement on top of that, I mean, you're not going to rid yourself of the inflammation. You're not going to rid yourself of the negative consequences of eating food that takes more energy than they actually give. Yeah. You know, it does. it's not a cure-all. Taking a multivit on top of a really shit diet um, might help mm. because you're definitely going to be um, malnourished in certain nutrients. Absolutely you will. Mm. But it's not going to have much of a impact you're not going to feel the the difference thing you can do right you're not going to feel the difference because your diet is the majority of the thing you consume and if that's really off off the mark that's where i I agree i think that's where you should start yeah i think save your money don't buy the supplements and figure out a way to improve your your current diet and then and then get to a point where yeah your diet's pretty good and then you decide that you want to start supplementing so yeah yeah. so i would say supplementation is a is an optional thing. Yeah. Um, it should be seen as a means to, for the most part, fill the gaps. And it's going to be governed by your personality type and how much affordable, you know, how affordable it is for, you know, how much how much money you've got and the lifestyle that you lead, right? Yeah. Supplementation can get expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, especially most supplements should be considered on a perpetual basis. If you want the benefits, you've got to always got to take them. Mm-hmm. And when you start stacking loads of stuff on top of each other, it can get really expensive. So expense, your personality type, and uh, the basis of your diet should govern whether you think about supplementation. Yeah. For me, um, I take quite a bit. But I take quite a bit not because not taking these things is going to put me in a bad place. It's not about that. I'm taking stuff because I feel I'm at the the far end of the spectrum of wellness, right? You know, I've, I've gone on a journey over the last two years of adding extra things into my diet and my supplement stack mm-hmm. because uh, I'm aware of the very unique and specific benefits they bring and I want those benefits and yeah. I can afford those benefits and my personality style supports doing things to the nth degree. You're so, all in, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I do take quite a lot, but I'm not encouraging or prescribing that all of these must be in everyone's diet. Yeah. But I think my supplement stack, for the most part, is an expression of trying to be optimally well. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So I, I, I think about my supplements in terms of what I do to help muscle building, muscle adaptation, as well as recovery. Yeah. I then think about wellness stuff, like general wellness supplements. And then if you want to get all in, then maybe some kind of wellness plus some stuff that's like maybe a little bit more out there, yeah. but has some very interesting benefits. Yeah, agreed. So on the muscle side, there isn't actually that many that I think are relevant. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of products. Don't get me wrong. There are a million things you can take and there's a huge market, a huge market and lots of money being made every year on people pushing and selling lots of supplements that for the most part are identical to one another yep. and or don't garner the, the, the benefits they're suggesting. Mm-hmm. They're, com- they, they're, they're complete bullshit. Yeah. Or the benefit they offer is so minuscule in comparison to the cost, they're not worth taking. I think for the most part, when you start getting into muscle building supplements, most of them are more hype than reality. Yeah. And I think as uh, if you're going to take these supplements, take it 
upon yourself to re- do your own research and look into it and actually understand the supplement and why you're taking it, but also whether it actually works and don't just believe the marketing. Um, it's hard though, right? Because if you're not informed and you've not, you know, you're not read scientific literature and you're just getting into this for the first time yeah. and you think, okay, Google, what do I need to take to build muscle? Uh, very quickly, you could get bombarded with all sorts of concoctions of stuff. And the stuff they say that is in the products may not even be in the product. Yeah. It's it's not a regulated industry. It's fucking ridiculous. Mm. And there are some companies like, you know, Ben Coomber's company, Awesome Supplements, as well as Mike Matthews' company, um, Legion Athletics, yep. that I think are taking a different refreshing approach where they're really honest and they're not trying to sell stuff that's popular but of no benefit. They're trying to sell the stuff that really makes a difference. Yeah. But what are they? For me, number one is protein shakes of some some sort why it's because getting the amount of protein that i need to take with the kind of timing that i want to take it can be really difficult with just food by itself yeah so you know protein sources are you know for me my go-to foods are you know all the meats all the fishes and eggs for Mm -hmm. the most part that's where i get my protein from and maybe some nuts but I can't always have enough protein to support my protein goal. At yeah. the moment, it's 240 grams of protein a day. Mm. That's a shitload of protein. Yeah. And it's expensive to get that much meat to support that, that, mm. that kind of protein goal. So I have some protein shakes, two usually, one in the morning and one right at night. And in terms of product, I, I, go, with, I go with a whey or a vegan protein either yep. are fine I don't, I don't think there's research to suggest one's much better than the other especially the vegan proteins that have the right blend of rice pea and hemp mm-hmm. they basically get a comp- complete profile yep. as a result of that so i'll just go with a whey or a vegan protein in the morning at night i may go for a casein protein but we're talking about around the fringes here you can go for whey the reason i take protein right before i go to bed is it gives me um, an opportunity to do protein synthesis whilst I'm asleep. Yeah. Where your body's actually most likely to be rebuilding muscle. It, I want to yeah. actually fuel it to do so. So protein shakes, number one. Yeah. But not, I'm not relying on that to get my protein needs met. I'm filling the gaps where mm. I just can't eat enough meat for the most part to support yeah. that goal. That's that's pretty much the same as me. I take whey protein and vegan protein and it's just the same again just a way to get enough protein in otherwise i just wouldn't get the amount of protein the grams that i yeah. need to get in so but but and, let's be clear the protein shake by itself isn't magical it's not doing anything that no a meat like a chicken do. couldn't yeah. do it's not doing anything above and beyond having a, a steak nothing at all mm. but for most people getting enough meat fish poultry and um eggs in yeah it can just be difficult and it's expensive and it's not always convenient yeah straight after a workout you want to get a bit of, bit of protein in your system it's not always convenient to go and fry up some food i mean yeah. you, you just the shake is in your bag you do it and then you get on with work that is a convenience factor that i respect but it's yeah. not magical it doesn't do anything no. beyond 
having a bit of chicken if I had that available for me. What I would say is good about um, a protein shake is the fact that it's easier to digest because obviously protein is slow digesting. It's very, it can be very heavy and quite taxing on the, on the digestive system. So when you're eating a lot of protein, you, you tend to feel it, right? So if you have, you know, a training session and I want to have a meal, you know, half an hour after that, and I want to get some protein in, I usually have a shake just because I don't feel like eating a heavy meal after training. Um, so for me, it's just something lighter. And like you have it before bed, you don't really want a big protein meal just before you go to bed. So no, exactly. I don't want to be cooking just before I go to bed either. So yeah. protein is, is number one to fill the gaps. Second thing, um, and really the, the, the final, there's only two products I use that I think are really relevant to pro, uh, muscle building and it's creatine mm -hmm. so creatine um or something called phosphocreatine actually exists in all your muscle cells already yeah so it's a naturally occurring substance and the reason you take creatine if you're build, looking to build muscles is it it stocks up your creatine stores in your muscle and it's stuck if you continue to take creatine and you should take it forever um it basically fills up the bucket um and any extra, if there is any extra, it just overflows and you just you just piss it out. Yeah. But the benefit of keeping that bucket full, i.e. your phosphocretin stores, maximizes it, supports the ATP process, which is the energy creation within your muscles yeah. to help contract. So it makes you a bit stronger. It offers you up a little bit more energy through your heavier sets. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually it helps you retain a little bit more water into your muscle fibers which make them look a little bit more plumped as yeah. well so there's no there's thinner. no downside of creatine yeah it's something you should have enough of and now if you had enough red meat for the most part um you'd probably not need it mm -hmm. but most people don't get enough red meat like yeah. you know steaks like who can afford having steaks every day most people don't and if you're just having chicken it doesn't really have much in the way of creatine and at I, all and i live with uh vegetarians so if you're vegetarian you absolutely not, need creatine yeah so my red red meat intake's quite low so that's when it's quite um beneficial to get in the creatine and the key thing with creatine unlike protein shakes right you, you take as many as you need to support the gap you have in your diet if you've mm -hmm. got a protein goal and some days you might actually go you know what? i can hit it i can hit it because i've had I've eaten out and I've had this and whatever, and I've got to the goal without it. You yep. don't need it. Having it doesn't add an extra benefit. With creatine, however, if you ate your, pro ate your protein amount, but just with chicken, you're not gonna. You're mm -hmm. still gonna be short of creatine. If yeah. you keep doing that, your creatine stores will deplete as you use them. Yeah. Then you're gonna be out of protein for the most part, and your muscle fibers are just not gonna be as energized and have as much contractile force. So with creatine, you've got to always take it to keep the bucket full. Yeah. That makes sense? And that could leave you a rep or two short on your set. And it can make, it can make a difference. Yeah. And it's cheap. Creatine is relatively cheap. It's mass yeah. produced. Oh, yeah. It's easily easily made. Yeah, don't get um yeah. Don't get sucked in into by the yeah, marketing because sometimes they they think, yeah, this is obviously more expensive they might stack because it's better. It. They might put some other stuff in it. Yeah. But for the most part, just go creatine, standard stuff for like yeah. ten ten quid a tub, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um I used to, other than those things, I used to take things like pre-workout and post-workout supplements. Um, and for a little part, I tried BCAAs, mm -hmm. branched-chain amino acids. I don't think this stuff is essential. Uh, and it's expensive. Like pre-workout, post-workout stuff can be pretty expensive. And it's BC very rare we actually need BCAAs. And so. BCAAs are branched-chain branch amino acids. Yeah. Um, without the protein mm -hmm. 
and the idea is that if you have these that you know you can continue to elicit protein synthesis even if you're not having protein the reality is if you have a protein shake or have any things that are full of protein you get with your bcaa's already yeah getting extra ones doesn't elicit any benefit and mike matthews actually done a podcast a couple of weeks ago with someone from examine.com and they just ripped it apart and said look we don't sell bcaa's because there is no legitimate use yeah. case they're none whatsoever it's just flavored water that maybe offering a bit of a placebo effect for some people that think it does stuff yeah but it does nothing at all yeah so bcaa's are out and pre and post hey sometimes i might think about a pre-workout because it might have some extra creatine uh, uh caffeine in there mm -hmm. and sometimes they put leucine in there and, and they put um beta alanine mm -hmm. so these products can have a bit of a benefit a nice little touch but it's expensive and if you're eating enough and you're eating well enough and you're having maybe some you know, easy digesting carbs a little bit before you work out. I don't think you really need this stuff. Yeah. So for me personally, I've, I've saved myself some money and I haven't really seen the downside of not having them. So yeah. pre and post are out, BCAAs are out. I'm yeah. just left with a protein shake and casing. And all I would do for pre-workout is, is a coffee, something like Same. that to get some caffeine. And you do that as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. I do, I do take caffeine, but I used to take them as tablet form. form yeah. And now I just go... I like my morning shake. Yeah. So in my in my kind of protein shake, I put an espresso shot in there. Do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and I actually stick good a couple of other things in there as well. But yeah. it tastes really good. I get yeah. my protein and my and my caffeine in one hit. Good to Perfect. go, man. Yeah, sounds great. So then outside of that, so that's muscle. Is there anything mm -hmm. else you would No, that's the same as me, just protein powder and creatine. Cool. Then the kind of flip side of like kind of protein synthesis and um, helping support muscle contraction mm -hmm. oh by the way there are things like nitro when you take nitrogen yeah. when you go like nitric oxide and stuff like that there are products like that that give you a really big pump they make you quite vascular yeah. and they can make you stronger i mean they can mm -hmm. and i could spend the money on those but again i don't i want to go natural and i want my body to rely on its own ability mm -hmm. when you take that stuff you're kind of like you're trying to upset the balance of nitrogen in your body to yeah. feel extra work. And I just don't really support that it's sustainable. And I look at some of the other ingredients in these products and they're expensive and they're mostly marketed with bullshit marketing styles. I just don't buy into that. There's probably yeah. some benefit. I just don't buy into those. I don't buy into monster drinks. I don't buy into all that kind of hyped up yeah. stuff. I don't need hype. I need actual energy and I get that free food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agreed. And then so on the rest and recovery side, for me, it's only really two products. I take ZMAs or ZMAs. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a tablet form. It's zinc, magnesium, and B6. Mm -hmm. The combination of those three are known to be restorative and help um, recover from damage, mm -hmm. muscle damage, and kind of general kind of tissue damage. So I take ZMAs every night. And magnesium generally is known as touted as that kind of recovery agent. Yeah, It's used for hundreds of processes within the body and its um, main kind of um, you know unique is its ability to help with immune and tissue recovery so because of that i take zmas at night and i'll actually get some extra magnesium in topically so i'll spray my body with magnesium spray and it's just like a it's just like a wet spray it smells yeah. of nothing just before i go to bed i'll spray a bunch of that over my body and topically, you can absorb magnesium much better than orally because when yeah. it goes through the the stomach and the acid in the stomach and the digestive tract, 
most of it gets broken down so you yeah. don't easily absorb it when you spray it into your skin 99% absorption rate yeah. so as a result of that I'll spray some magnesium on my body or maybe I'll have an Epsom salt bath which has magnesium yeah. in it do you, do you use it directly on, on specific targeted muscles that you've I worked? Kinda, I kind of do but I don't know whether that's known to be better than just spraying it randomly yeah. but yeah I do go like wherever I've, I work where's it sore and I yeah. spray it directly to it right okay yeah I have heard people where they spray it like they've done heavy quad you know if they yeah. worked a lot on their quads they'll spray their quads in order to help that recovery don't know how well that works but yeah. just wondered if you did and that. it's not like a like a light or day thing yeah but when you're training as hard as I am and you want to maximize recovery so you can train again this is I think a nice little ad it's natural most people are deficient in magnesium yeah. So it's a wellness. There's a huge wellness benefit to magnesium as well, but when you work and damage your body, taking magnesium just helps get that bounce back effect. And it's a bit of a um, sleeping aid. I find when I take magnesium, it gets me dozy. Yeah. So that's why I take it at night. Kind of starts the process of calming down, and yeah. slowing down, and wanting to sleep. Yeah. It can. Yeah. It does have um, properties that help you sleep. So. So so that's that's that. So muscle and rest and recovery. <laughs> I'm done. Then it gets a little bit funky. I, yeah. I had a bunch of other stuff, some of which a lot of people have heard of, and a couple of them are kind of a bit unique and um, out there. Yeah. So from a wellness front, so like if I'm thinking about, okay, I'm having a good diet, I'm eating as per the IIFYM plus Thrive kind of dieting approach we talk about, but I want to add some extra goodness in order. Multivitamin, and I'll get a sports-based multivitamin that has some higher doses of certain pieces within the, the kind of multivitamin profile and it'll have um coq10 it will have a few other things that are known yeah. to be supportive for recovery so i'll take a good sports multivit every mm -hmm. single day i will double dose on vitamin d because even though the, there's vitamin d in um the the, the multivit most people are significantly deficient in, in vitamin D. And vitamin yeah. D is critical for immune system health. Yeah. And vitamin D can only be produced with direct sunlight on skin. Yeah. It can't it can't be manufactured in the body any other way. <clears throat> so if you're mostly clothed and you're mostly in home, in a car, or in an office, even if it's sunny outside, if you ain't getting it on your skin and the majority of your skin for at least 20 minutes a day, and you're not taking a multivit, you are definitely going to be deficient in vitamin D. And because it's so, so important for immune system health and you can't really overdose it unless you go to like 40,000 IUs, yeah. I stick and have a 4,000 IUs on mm -hmm. top of my multivit yeah. and I get on the sun as much as possible. Yeah. I just know I'm going to give myself the best chance to have that immune system health with vitamin D on my side yeah. versus being deficient. Yeah, I, I mean, I try and get out in the sun every day if I can. Um, and I don't take vitamin D every day. I, I mean, it'd be optimal if I did, I know that, but I, I, I definitely take it in the winter months, um, just because I don't, yeah, I don't tend to get out walking as much. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I'm not exposed to as Especially much. Especially when it's, it, it doesn't really, the sun doesn't really pop out because the yeah. sun's got to be out and vibrant yeah. for you to get the benefits. If yeah. it's completely clouded all day and it gets dark at four o'clock mm -hmm. and it, you know, you just don't that, see any you're not going to really see any yeah. daylight, yeah. especially if you live in some kind of Scandinavian, you know, territories, Nordic territories where yeah. the sun is like very limited in winter. Yeah. Vitamin D supplementation is going to be really important. Yes, totally. Yeah. I so agree. vitamin D is really important for me. I make sure I get that every single day, 4,000 I, I use on top of the multivit. 
then I'd take a B complex. So um, you've heard of B vitamins, right? Yeah. You know, niacin, thiamine, riboflavin, those kind of things are B ones to B twelve. B B vitamins, they do a bunch of things, and each of the vitamins do something slightly different, but as a kind of group benefit, they're supportive of metabolism mm-hmm. and more importantly, breaking down carbs. So they're very supportive towards carbohydrate breakdown and carbohydrate metabolism and we have more carbs than we need generally you know we've we overindulge in carbs for the Mm -hmm. most part so having a good b complex supports optimal breakdown of carbs in addition to that it can have cognitive benefits um, it can have um, thyroid benefits metabolism benefits there's a whole bunch of stuff that b vitamins can do and the good thing with b vitamins they're water soluble so what that means is if you take too much, you just piss them out. Yeah. Like that you can't overdose in, in too much mm. B vitamins. And I'm sure I get a bunch through my good diet. Yeah. But I take a high strength B complex okay, just to as well. Yeah. Just to top it up and make sure that I've got strong cognitive health, strong metabolism, and I'm supporting my body the best it can. Yeah. That's yeah? great. Yeah. The next is fish oil. Mm-hmm. So I take like you know, those little capsules, those yeah. kind of like yellowy clear capsules. I take those every day um, for the Omega 3 and 6s, yep. or 369. Um, very good for cognitive health, mm-hmm. very good for your joints, very good for recovery, and a host of other reasons why fish oil is really, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. anti-inflammatory. And for that reason, I mean, I don't get enough oily fish. Yeah. You know, I might have, I do have fish, I have some salmon, and... I do have, salmon isn't as high in omega-3 and 6s as you'd like, so mackerel would be higher in some of those things, but I don't really get a lot of those. So the fishes I have for the most part are salmon and maybe a a sea bass or something, which is quite light. Yeah. So I just supplement with with fish oil just to make sure I'm getting that cognitive anti-inflammatory boost. It's good for you. Again, no downside of taking fish oil. And um, it's not like you taste the fish. It's in a capsule. Go exactly, straight down yeah. your gullet. You don't, Unless don't it doesn't go it. down first time. Do you take those? <laughs> yeah, I've taken them in the past. Um, so fish oil. I also take, and that's to help me kind of balance out my omega-3 and omega-6. Um, because with the Western diet, we quite often be quite out of balance between these two. Um, and as we know, the research shows, we want a good balance between both omega-3 and 6. Um, and also, um, cod liver oil, I take that, but that's usually how I get some of my vitamin D in as well with the cod liver oil. It's much okay. higher okay. in that. Um, but I'm not at the moment, but I have done in the past. Yes. So, and you can get them relatively cheap. You can get yeah. a big stack of them and, you know, we just pop a couple every day first thing yeah. in the morning. Again, like my, my, my thinking around supplementation isn't to be, you know, a regimented mm-hmm. scheduled pill popping, you know, crazy you know i group all my pills i, I have them all in the morning for the, yeah i take all my pills in the morning other than the zmas and that's it i'm done how you many know, do you take there's like eight day. or ten of them like yeah. and some of them are double dose so like there's two vitamin d's or two yeah. fish oil ones i just knock them back with a glass of water like separately and it's done you know what i've i've, I've seen people do it and, and people go you know that's excessive that's you know obsessive and, and you're popping all these pills but i'd rather do that then get to my 40s 50s maybe 60s whatever age 
to a point where you need to start now popping de- medication. Body's declined. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know when you see people and they're in their 60s and they're popping like 10 different pills, but none of them are... All these drugs. Yeah, they're yeah. drugs, right? And I'm like, I don't want to get to that point. I'd rather take things that are more, um, you know, for wellness and towards strength gain and recovery. And I just think, you know what, like, it's it's not it's not a bad thing to be doing that exactly so yeah yeah and yeah i totally agree if i mean there's there's a funny thing there's a, there's a few people out there like you know they're called biohackers mm-hmm. or people that are really you know interested around anti-aging and they want to live forever yeah and they're trying to do everything they can to kind of continue to stay youthful yeah um and there's some really interesting people like there's Dave Asprey who's like yeah. really keen on this. There's Ben Greenfield, those kind of guys that mm-hmm. they will do all sorts of weird stuff in the spirit of, you know, trying to retain their youth. And I want to, you know, but I think Dave Asprey says he wants to live until he's 180. It's quite a bold goal, but he's got a few plans towards what do he you, thinks do will you support. Buy that. into this? I mean, no, I'm I'm opinion? not a. I want to live outside of like a normal tenure. Like I was, you know, 90, 100 is good. But what I, what is more important to me? Is I want to live well, well for yeah. as long as I'm around, right? I don't want I don't want to get to the classic of you're getting old and you start hunching over and your joints start really hurting and mm-hmm. you look all haggard and beaten up and now you're going to start taking medication because all yeah, these yeah. problems start happening. I strongly believe if you look after your body and you put in it the things that matter, things that are proven and natural and things that it needs, and you have a good balance of all the good things that your body needs to thrive. I've I've a strong belief that you can live a life full of full cognitive strength. Yeah. Not get Alzheimer's and dementia. Not get all arthritic and like all bent out of shape and all these problems. Mm-hmm. You know, suffer with diabetes and all that kind of stuff. I yeah. think most of that is a, is most of it is a result can of be avoidable. chronic diet yeah. um, choices that you yeah, made. Definitely. So yeah. if you can if you can be more mindful when you're young, where you feel like, hey, I'm more resilient. I don't need this. You set yourself a standard and an, uh, a, a normal for looking after yourself. And look at the people who live in Sardinia or in the blue zone. Mm-hmm. Now, these, pe- these people live until they're, you know, they have the most centennials in the world. And they live into their 90s and, you, yeah. know, you know, 100 plus. And they're sharp their whole yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. They have not declined into this decrepit, old thing that's just about surviving clinging on to its by its fingernails yeah no they're, they're living life and when i see like a 70 or 80 year old man like playing tennis being vibrant looking happy good yeah, skin great. good energy yeah you know is is able, hope. is able to articulate and engage in deep conversation as well as he was when he was 20 probably better because now he's wiser yeah yeah and he's got none of this kind of decline of age yeah that for me is that that's what i want I don't want to be old and beaten up and waiting to die. Yeah. I want to be young and youthful even when I'm old until the point when enough's enough. Yeah. And hopefully I'll pass away nicely. I can't think I can't control that. But what I can control is making sure the that I'm configuring my life such that I can hopefully thrive for more years than hey, if I had a shit diet. And you're looking, you're not you're not looking at uh quantity. You're not looking at I wanna live as many years as possible. You're saying I wanna have the best quality years that I'm alive for. That's, yeah, that's kind of how right. I think about it. Yeah, I think that's great. It's a good balance. Um there I I don't know if I haven't read the research recently, but 
a few years ago, I think uh, the age group over 100 was the fastest growing age group. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if that is if that's now or not, but um, yeah, that's quite an interesting. Well, here's here's an interesting topic. anecdote. Um, I'm, I think this is an official stat. I'm, apologies if it's somehow misread, but I had heard um, and read through you know a reputable source that yeah. our kids are now going to be the first generation of humans that have a life expectancy less than their parents. Well, isn't this year... Isn't that, isn't that insane? Yeah. Like, I... Forever, our life, uh, you know, human species have have had, you know, their offspring, their generations thereafter, have had an ever-increasing lifespan. And think about it. Conditions have been more, you know, less, you know, less dangerous, more safe. You know, you know, we've created safety generally, which has allowed people to prosper and thrive as opposed to die prematurely and that's continued forever but stats are now coming out with the rising levels of obesity and diabetes mm -hmm. being the main two things and cancer um it stated that our kids now mm. their generation as a group globally are expected to live less than their parents well, that's fucked up. I think this year, <clears throat> sorry, I think this year was the first year that the life expectancy has dropped rather than risen. That's probably, um, it was probably speaking about I'm a similar sure stat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. don't quote me on that. I don't, I've, I've, I spoke to someone else about this, but um, apparently that's the case this year. So if that is, that's quite scary. I mean, it is scary, because as man. a species, we should be moving. It means we're, moving... Fu we're fucking, fucking with our, our, our natural instincts of the foods and lifestyles we should lead. We've been, we've been hacked packed with too much sugar, too much gluten, too much processed food, too many calories, uh, you know, too many inflammatory foods. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing this perpetually and we've been and been purporting that these things are health, healthy and safe. Yeah. And we've just dug ourselves into this dependency from an industry perspective and a society perspective. We're so interconnected with foods that are known to be bad with us, for us, but we've got no escape. Yeah. And it's creating such incredible levels of diabetes and people say diabetes like once you've got it you got it for life you don't mm -hmm. there's enough studies and anecdotes to suggest you can get diabetes gone even yeah. type one they're saying there's there's a case using this inflammatory and anti-inflammatory diet that people have been able to get rid of type one diabetes which is they say like you're born with an yeah, yeah, yeah i've never heard that okay and it's again it's ridding yourself of this gross chronic inflammation yeah. that our diet unbeknownst to us mm -hmm. has been doing to us from the inside and that's what's causing rising levels of alzheimer's and dementia rising mm -hmm. levels of arthritis rising levels of diabetes everything's rising yeah nothing's getting less everything's yeah. getting more why is that and people might argue well, it's getting more because people are living longer no we're living longer because it's safer yeah not because it's healthier yeah i just, I just find it fascinating i i no I, I find it completely yeah uh, completely fascinating and I think that the way we, we our diets and the way we live nowadays is just not sustainable not not everyone but for the most part it's the not standard. sustainable long term the yeah. standard isn't sustainable yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's only like say going to get to a point because everything's rising um, lifestyle diseases are rise on the rise and that's only going to cause more and more problems as the population grows. So it's going to get to a point where the population stops growing because it's we're not living. And here's here's another thing. I like just think in extending that thought, you know, where most of this stuff is rife yeah. is in Western culture. So uh, the UK, United States, and some parts of Europe where 
they've really like you know they've had a long time at the way we eat today right yeah. you know wheat being a staple um dairy being a staple that kind of thing and having lots of it in our mm -hmm. processed diets but it's interesting there's lots of countries that were considered third world and would eat in their natural indigenous way mm -hmm. and through time because of their proximity to united states or here for example they've started to um adopt our eating style Tab yeah. typical example is mexico mexico used to eat the way they used to eat mm -hmm. and as a result of like you know the the kind of western culture bleeding into mexico their diets have now become one of subways and coca-cola or mcdonald's Corporations expand into and these then areas, the yeah. mexican food done on 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 a budget and with loads of processed ingredients in it now i, I they are one of if not the the, the fattest countries in the world and well, that's mexico and that's happened over the last okay 20 years as yeah. you know the big brands have basically taken hold of that country as they were struggling to grow on their their own soil mm -hmm. where else can we capitalize where else in the world yeah are they are they ready and willing to consume our processed stuff and that processed and kind of standard american diet has now caused this impact mm. you look at across mexico you look at other parts of kind of south america and indigenous people in australia and their diets that they've now kind of conned on to the western style of eating and there's documentaries on netflix and otherwise that they just say look we used to be so much healthier and had none of these problems now everyone's got diabetes like everyone 20 years ago no one had diabetes what the fuck's going what on say? what's changed what does it say yeah it's insane and that's that's where that kind of spiraling out of control thing is happening not just on our soil but yeah as our start as our style of eating kind of extends into the rest of the world yeah anyway back on topic so Digress. we were talking about b b complex yeah and then fish oils couple of others I have. I have resveratrol. Resveratrol may or may not be familiar to you, but no, I've not when you think it, about poly polyphenols, uh, when you think about um, flavonoids yeah. and flavanols, these are um, substances, things you can find in grape, like um, red wine, yeah. you can find in dark chocolate or in cocoa. And it's these are basically antioxidants. Mm -hmm. And an antioxidant for an easy description is when you have when your body gets too oxidized either if you're doing too much flying as an example yep. if you fly you, your body gets highly oxidized or if you take food which has an oxidative stress on the system too much um oxidation where like there's free oxygen um molecules floating around your body not bound to anything else yeah um has a almost um it has a very damaging effect to your to, to your to your blood vessels and your arteries and everything else it starts attacking because left by itself oxygen as in these free radicals mm -hmm. floating around in your body creates damage to your to your tissues and cells yeah right so that's what oxygen being having free radicals and being too much oxidization in your body is yeah so the way to kind of stop the rot of too much oxidization mm -hmm. is to take things that are sponge like that that when you eat them they soak up all the oxygen, yeah. all the extra oxygen molecules, and they limit the oxidization in your bloodstream. And that's what antioxidants do. Right. So flavanols, polyphenols, those kind of strain of like molecules have that effect of soaking up like a sponge yeah. the free radicals. Absorbing it. And resveratrol um, actually comes, I think, from red, red wine. It's some kind of extract from that. Yeah. And it does exactly that. 
It doesn't get you drunk. So is that, in, is that yeah, without the fun? Yeah. Is that tablet form? Or... It's a tablet form again. Right, you just okay. pop one of those. And, and yep. again, it, it's it's really cool for, like, if, for example, you do lots of flying, absolutely should be taking a high strength antioxidant such as res resveratrol. They okay. say that um, um, pilots, for example, yep. the level of oxidization, they're like 100 times yeah, more oxidization than people that don't fly often. Because the you know the atmosphere up there just like just bombards your body, yeah, you can't escape it. Yeah, so they need to be taking shit tons of this to kind of limit the damage internally. So I take that again. It's it's more forward looking for me. I just you know if there's oxidization in my body, I want to limit it. I take this stuff. It just soaks up any of the free radicals. So you take. So is this every day or is it's this an everyday thing for now? Okay. Um, yeah. I, again, I I stack things for optimal wellness. Can I say it's making a huge difference? No. But my overall sense of well-being is great. Mm -hmm. And I can't be specific on which of these things they are. But I know that they've got proven science to say that yeah. there's value. So I can afford it. I do it. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Um, and then then I've got probiotics. Mm -hmm. So your gut is made up of um, a diverse collection of bacteria. Mm -hmm. Trillions yeah. of cells of bacteria live in your, your gut. That's a good thing. Yeah. Diversity is great. Um, but when you have bad diet um, or you've not had a lot of diversity as a youngster, then what that does, is it forms a set of colonies which might not be very diverse. And if you have an out overgrown population of what are quoted as bad bacteria that have more of a negative than a positive impact to your overall well-being, yeah. the impact can be profound. And there's a lot of science um, coming out, proven research that is suggesting that your gut it's probably more impact on your body than your brain mm. because your gut has more genes through all the bacteria than your human genome by something like a hundred to one. Mm. You are more your gut than you are your DNA. Yeah. And your DNA can be turned on and off. The, the aspects of your DNA could be turned on or off. So if you say, you know, some people might say I've got a hereditary disease or a hereditary condition. Well, that's turned on or off, depending on your diet, mm. depending on your microbiome and whether that's in a good place or not. And the more and more you dig into this, the more and more you go, wow, I've really got to respect and diversify my microbiome, yeah. make it healthy, have lots of good bacteria in there, because if I've got a happy gut, I've got a happy well-being. Because yeah. my gut can impact my mood, my energy, how I think, can impact my body's recovery, can impact... My, my ability to handle inflammation, everything. issues, yeah. Every, yeah. Exactly. And most autoimmune issues stem from a unhealthy gut, yeah. unhealthy microbiome. So for me, this is critical. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we take, we take foods that are fueling and feeding the microbiome. So we think yeah. a lot of prebiotic-based food, onion, garlic, you know, shallots, leeks, mushrooms. Yeah. mushrooms and things that have lots of fiber to feed mm -hmm. them. But we also add extra yeah. uh, bacteria into our gut by some something we call probiotics. Yeah. And the probiotics, a lot of people would have heard of, you heard like probiotic yogurts and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, a, it's another pill I pop, but I've gone for a high strength probiotic. It's 50 billion um, CFUs, mm -hmm. colony forma formation units, yeah. whatever they are. Um, there's a lot. And now there's the, the, the science around probiotics is not fully fleshed out in terms of how much of this stays around yeah. versus 
like they're there whilst you supplement and when you stop supplementing those colonies die down they're not fully sure mm. on whether they're transient or yeah. they actually become residents yeah i'm not entirely sure myself but for the most part if i take probiotics i do find i have a more balanced and calmer gut less mm. gas less bloat less you know pain um just feel a little bit more vital my yeah. my belly just feels happier you know when yeah. Yeah, your yeah, belly's yeah. not happy you yeah. feel that you know what that feels like so i just try and encourage wherever possible through food and through probiotics my gut to be happy and if someone was so if you do a say you do a course of antibiotics that can have the ability to destroy yes, your good bacteria yeah. in your gut massively um so obviously we would always recommend doing a course of um probiotics as during. well as during yeah would you recommend going higher than 15 billion 50 billion that's quite that's, quite, billion, a, that's quite a high high number that's yeah. quite a high number like most of the products you get out today are like 10 billion or 15 or 20 yeah 50 is quite high i think you can get higher but you might yeah not so much go on prescription but they're like they're more niche There's, products yeah 50 is high um for example my daughter had a bout of um tonsillitis last week mm -hmm. and we took her to the doctors we assumed she had tonsillitis they agreed it was bacterial tonsillitis versus viral mm -hmm. tonsillitis and as a result because it was bacterial they suggested we take an antibiotic yeah. to rid her of the inflammation and the bacteria. And we were really reluctant to do it. And we actually went a week without giving her any antibiotics because we know it's like a carpet bomb for your yeah. gut. Yeah. When you take an antibiotic, it's not selective on what it destroys. It destroys everything in its path. Yeah. So all the built up bacteria that you've, you've created through being a child, when you're sticking mud in your face and like, you know, just, through going through the vag vaginal canal like you're getting bacteria from you the moment you're born from your mum's breast milk you're getting her, all her good microbiome and then just living life and you know dealing and interacting with food yeah. you're building up that that diversity touching the hand and then and the then as a young kid if you just get given you know antibiotics and especially yeah. if you get given it a lot mm. you're just carpet bomb bombing all that hard work yeah and you remove the diversity and the population density it's not good so we stayed away for it for about a week and then we're like fuck it like she's not getting any better and i know this is going to help her and we felt guilty we were depriving her of the yeah. thing that we know would help so we gave her instead of taking giving her the whole dose we just gave her a couple of little amounts of it just to help her on her way yeah. but at the same time during all of this time and we give her a probiotic every single day but we got a high strength um antibiotic resilient probiotic how strong was that do you know i can't remember how strong it was but it was specific is specific species that apparently um don't get targeted by penicillin okay so we gave it with it yeah so we could at least try and kind of build it up at the same time and then we'll continue that dosage for another two weeks yeah and then just take it back to a back normal to normal normal probiotic dose. yeah so that's probiotic um that's it for the for the main part man on my wellness stuff yeah um i do have a couple other things but they're the they're the daily pills and yeah potions i take yeah i uh i would like to add in the greens drink um we spoke about it before the show and you kind of described a green drink as a almost like a more natural way of taking multivitamins um so i take green drinks yeah. um so i i sometimes take it every morning but not always what i do is I'm, i usually save it for when we go on holiday because it's easy to take with you yeah when you go away we tend to find that we 
can't get a decent portion of vegetables anywhere so we take the green drinks of us so we can just get some sort of some form of micronutrients through an easy um drink when that's, we can't find enough that's uh, a good vegetables. idea because i mean when we go on holiday there's your your options are usually quite limited and yeah. the food's usually quite rich and we just don't get what we need to get um so yeah that's that's how i take it and why basically i do think there's some value in green drinks i mean there's yeah. some really good companies creating them as well there's a lot yeah. of shit companies too so yeah. you know legion again they produce a good one um who is the the other u.s brand lean greens don't know if that's from uh, the UK I've, or I've, I've or... forgotten the name. It, it, it doesn't matter. There's two or three really good ones. Yeah. And you know they're good because they're expensive. Mm. The ones that are really cheap, you look, they're not putting in the kind of quantities that are relevant, that are medicinally proven to be of value. So the key things they typically put in here is spirulina, which is like a algae, yeah. which is supposed to be really, really good for you. Mm. I don't get spirulina in my diet. I should. If I was to take green green drink, it would be for the spirulina yeah. because it has got That's massive I, benefits. Yeah. And there's usually other things like reishi mushroom and yeah. other things like that. Spinach, so, broccoli, blueberry extracts, yeah, barley, wheat. And a dandelion extract. There, there's a whole bunch of stuff that yeah. apparently has some goodness. They always taste shit to me, if I'm honest. It tastes yeah, like you're drinking pond water. Yeah. Sweetened pond water. <laughs> Pretty much. Because they put um, stevia in, in this to one. To try and help it out. Yeah, and I don't know if that makes it any better. Because no. Because it's kind of now... Sweet pond water. Sweet pond water, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you can't yeah. polish a turd. And, it, and it's, it goes really, really dark green, doesn't it? It almost yeah. stains anything it touches. Just imagine you've you've mown the lawn on a wet day and you scrape that grass off the bottom <laughs> yeah, exactly. and you wring it out into a glass it's basically that it is that it is <laughs> but no i'm not knocking it if if um it has if, if i didn't have a take as much as i did i'd probably slot it in and i do have i have, I have a tub of green drink in the house and yeah when i can remember or when i feel again like you that i'm really low on veg for a period of time, I might slot a couple in, but yeah, I think there's value. But I think I probably get most of that value for the other stuff I take too. Yeah, um, there are a couple of other things on the kind of like ultra detail or the ultra wellness side that um, are quite popular now. And I take these things too. I take Raishi. So we found a company uh, online which just give you raw Raishi powder mm -hmm. without the blending everything else. What is Raishi? It's a mushroom. It's like a Chinese mushroom. Right, okay. I've mushroom. never had that. Okay. And um, it's got a load of medicinal, medicinal benefits. Mm -hmm. I can't recall all of them, but yeah. I'd done the research at the time. There's enough reason why reishi um, is proven to be really good for your gut, yeah. really good for your brain, really good for your general well-being. Mm -hmm. So we, I take reishi, but I, st I stick that in a drink. Like I wouldn't take all of these powder-based stuff if I had to take them separately. Mm -hmm. But I found a way to slot that into a, a drink I have in the morning. Conveniently take it, yeah. So I take reishi, but I'm just doing it now mm -hmm. for fun. Like, yeah. I, I, do I need it? I don't know. So it's, that's why I'm saying it's on the kind of edge of necessity. If you've got the money and you want the, the upside of what reishi brings, consider it. But I think with the basis we've discussed mm -hmm. before, hey, this is a nice to have. So all these little 1% that build up. Right? Exactly. It's these 1%. Mm. I, we've, we've, we've got a tub of colostrum. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what colostrum no, is? No. Oh, don't you? I'm waiting. Okay. So for people that know, for any mothers listening, they'll be they'll be like gagging hearing I take colostrum because right. once you realize what it is, it sounds a bit vile. You won't notice because you haven't yet had a child, but 
when mothers get, <laughs> when mothers breastfeed you're not a mother though right <laughs> no but i've had two children so i know what the fuck's going <laughs> <Yeah>. on <laughs> um the first couple of days of milk yeah is called colostrum okay and it's thicker it's a lot thicker it's like like thick cream mm -hmm. as opposed to like runny milk and it's just full of um lots of goodness for a tiny brand new human right it helps support their gut it gives them a loads of loads of probiotic it it's it seals their gut because their gut is naturally permeable mm -hmm. as soon as they're born and it almost like seals the gut up and it's all this goodness is that basically the raw natural goodness the best the mother can give yeah they get a couple of days worth of this and then that kind of comes out and then it ends up being just more normal kind of breast milk yeah first couple of days that's all you get yeah uh, it's really that kickstart optimal health for a brand new baby well <laughs> i wouldn't look to try and farm that from <laughs> from breastfeeding women and deprived children no. but think about how many cows there are in the world mm -hmm. and the cow cow's colostrum is very 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 similar to it human colostrum disgusting by the way but think about it. Lots of lots of cows are being milked for milk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And for the first couple of days after them giving birth, yeah, they produce colostrum. Where's that going to go otherwise? So there is now this kind of supplement need for it. Yeah. They're now kind of farming it and actually keeping the colostrum, and then you know they're creating colostrum powder. So mm -hmm. it's just a powder. It looks like it looks like baby milk powder. Mm -hmm. That's what, and it kind of smells the same. There's nothing kind to it. it is, yeah. Um, but it's colostrum. It's cow, right. you know, female cow colostrum. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're taking this is because we're on this three-week anti-inflammatory diet. Mm -hmm. And you look at some of the benefits of this. Anyone who's got um, leaky gut, anyone who's dealing with lots of kind of autoimmune conditions or generally has lots of gas and bloat, seems to have an upset stomach, seems to have an upset gut, generally yeah. speaking, colostrum can really help because... It does the same thing for humans as it does for a baby. It helps provide that ultra boost for um, gut health by trying to seal the the damage, mm -hmm. by trying to um, close up the kind of fractures within your gut that form from having foods that are inflammatory. Yeah, it's really really good for you. And so we're just taking a we're taking a. a, a tub of this and yep. then we'll stop i don't think there's a, a need for this forever and we're in good health anyway but for we'll get the benefits of like nature's like most yeah. high potent goodness yeah just for like a few weeks and then we'll stop where where do you get hold of this do you get special it sources special sources <laughs> <laughs> no, you can get it online the dark web. now if you just search <laughs> online you can find places but we found a good good reputable company that apparently uses like grass-fed yeah. cows it's all coming from really like organic sources yeah. so you know you're not getting laden with other shit that comes with like mass farmed cow yeah, yeah. milk so colostrum and then the other thing that i do take daily and this has been for a few months now is bone broth yeah so bone broth is like when you when you get the the bones of like usually beef yeah and you you boil it and then mm -hmm. just stew it like in a, like a hot pot or whatever it is for hours usually yeah. like a couple of days and just yeah the broth that comes out of the bones, that marrow, the bit that comes out of the bones is, is high in collagen, yeah. which is really good for your joint health. Yeah. Um, and it's got a whole bunch of health benefits. Again, helps your gut. It's gut benefits. There are benefits towards uh, 
inflammation again. Yeah. Um, the collagen is the elasticity and the bounce yeah. in your skin and all your joints. It's really important because we we degrade in that as we get older. Yeah. Our joints get less and less elastic. Our skin mm-hmm. gets less and less elastic, and the collagen kind of helps you know stop the rot of yeah. that. So we I do take some bone broth and it's just basically a gravy. It's a mm-hmm. really thick gravy in a tub, and you get just two teaspoons of that and you put it into I put it into my protein shake at night yeah and it just makes it taste a little bit nicer actually yeah or you could just put two spoons of that into hot water and it's just like drinking you know like a cup of soup you know mm-hmm. that kind of yeah, taste yeah. of a cup of soup it just yeah. tastes like that without all the bits floating around in it yeah quite nice it's a it's also a great way to break your fast as well because it's it's very nutritious um good for the gut and easy to digest so if you're yeah uh, wondering how to break if you're if you are someone that's fasting or does fast if you want to break your fast with a bone broth, that's probably a good um, choice for those yeah. three reasons. So I I take bone broth because I, I, it, it it has enough science behind the value it provides to your gut and yeah, you have it every day, you? And I take it every day, and it's just now a ritual. I just like it's not a thing. Either I'll drink it as a hot drink at night, mm-hmm. as opposed to having a cup of tea. I just have that. It's like forty calories in it. It's nice and warm, especially yeah. in the winter. It feels better. Or because I already have a protein shake at night, I just stick it in a protein shake and it actually tastes quite nice. Mm-hmm. I, it's expensive, like all of these things, right? You know, someone's gone through the labor of making it and it takes two days to make. Mm-hmm. And then they've, you know, uh, concentrated it by making it, you, yeah. know, st- you know, something that they can ship and then you can dilute it at home. And all those processes cost money. So yeah. it is expensive. It's like 30 quid a pot and the pot's relatively small, but it'll last you a month or so. Yeah. And there's a benefit but again these are on the edges of like wellness if you could just take your good multivit your good vitamin d your b complex your probiotic fish oil and uh, resveratrol then i think you covered all your bases you're pretty safe yeah. get creatine for, if you're muscle building make sure you're getting enough protein generally speaking mm-hmm. and get enough magnesium you're done yeah and these other things i've spoken about are just like if you just want to be optimal right if you want yeah. to thrive and like you mentioned at the beginning you said it kind of matches your personality you're all in you're you're you have the option to do this and you're doing it um but there's nothing wrong with doing some of it if, you, oh, if yeah, your budget doesn't sure, allow sure. um so i i my list is probably one third of your list when it comes to supplements um that's just how we differ and the way we we see and take supplements yeah um but yeah it's totally it's totally down to to you guys isn't it to decide which ones and how much to take really or how often to take it and as i say you know deal with the big rocks yeah get your food on point correct any any bad habits that you know you have you don't need me telling you what what you're doing wrong right now right if your your diet's not mostly consumed of healthy whole cooked you know whole foods Mm -hmm. and it's mostly reliant on either takeaways you know pre-packaged foods or stuff you just stick in a microwave if that's the majority of your diet we notice some work to be done yeah once you can shift away and start to enable yourself and have the confidence to make food from scratch and using mostly whole food products you're going to go so far along the way of feeling good mentally Mm -hmm. physically from an energy perspective yeah and then you slot in a good vitamin d you slot in a bunch of these other things that we know generally people are deficient in that doesn't cost you a lot of money. It's yeah. easy to do. You do it first thing in the morning, you're done. Yeah. And then if you start getting on that bandwagon of like, I fixed my diet, I've started taking, you know, this the 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 multivit, the vitamin D, and I'm feeling really good. What else can I take? Hopefully this episode 
just kind of gave you some other directions you can take depending on the benefits those things yeah. give you. Yeah. And if your your budget can afford. The last thing I will say is whilst these aren't supplements, I consider a couple other food things almost like supplementation yeah. that I want to get in every day, whether my diet or my, sorry, whether my food choices would kind of make these obvious to add into my food i find another way to get them yeah uh, and they're sauerkraut because it's an amazing prebiotic and probiotic it's basically fermented cabbage very popular in kind of uh, germany and uh, eastern europe Poland, very yeah. very popular there it's almost non-existent in the uk but you can get it through tesco's easily yeah uh, and you just take a spoonful of that and it's just basically like food for your gut mm. specifically feeding your microbiome so have some of that beetroot yeah. full of antioxidants very anti-inflammatory it's a superfood mm -hmm. so i get some beetroot yeah. in some way shape or form turmeric mm -hmm. is in the same camp turmeric however you want to say it very very good for you this is the stuff you normally find in curries it's what makes it orange it stains like fuck it's like stains everything it is yeah. in, insanely yeah it's just potent like, as a yeah, yeah like I've got I've got this glass here, and I've I've accidentally put some turmeric in it, and it is now permanently. Is yellow. that what they use to sustain clothes and and stuff when they do it in I think like in India? I think I, probably they use something like I think it might be turmeric, paprika, or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, but turmeric is is really high antioxidant value. Yeah, really good for helping soak up those free radicals. And generally, I take turmeric, and I just feel more awake immediately. Yeah. It just it has like a really visceral and direct impact so yeah i get that in whatever way shape or form you know in a paste within a drink if i can get the right kind of drink that doesn't get too spicy mm -hmm. it's not too bad i like it i stick it on my eggs i stick it on yeah. a whole bunch of stuff um coconut oil you know try and move away from all the hydrogenated oils or the vegetable yeah. oils because they're all the bad stuff that's been processed out of the vegetables there's no goodness and they're not good for cholesterol levels they're not good for many other things um coconut oil is very versatile it's incredibly good for you with the medium chain fatty acids it's anti-inflammatory as well it's so good it's easy to cook with it's just as versatile as other oils so we try and use coconut oil in our cooking and i also stick it in a smoothie in the morning and it tastes really good it kind of creamifies it yeah and then the last thing nice little guilty pleasure is dark chocolate oh yes again yeah. polyphenols flavonoids yeah flavanols and what are they? They're antioxidants. And how can it be that something so good yeah. tastes so good? In this rare instance, good. dark yeah. chocolate fits that bill perfectly. Yeah. So I get 70% plus dark chocolate. I have a yeah. little bit of that as my dessert every night. And I know it tastes good. It's good for my 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 psyche. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I feel good that I've given myself a little sweet treat. And I feel even better knowing it's like it's almost like medicine. It's good for yeah. you. Yeah, that's what I do. I have it after dinner. It's just a nice little treat. And yeah, um, one thing I was going to ask, you used to have kefir in your diet. Do you still have that now? Or? No, no, just because, so kefir is um, fermented. No, what is it? You, yeah, it's, it, it, no, you it's can get it in dairy-based, can't you? But you, apparently you can also get it in... Coconut kefir and stuff like that. Yeah, in other forms, which I didn't realize. I only take it in dairy form. Yeah, it's a it's basically you've, um, you've cultured and yeah. fermented milk 
to the point it's in live. which it eats the proteins and it's alive and it's got this microbes that <laughs> when you take uh, just like a strong probiotic yeah um and it tastes very sour it's a very sour taste in milk it tastes mm. off because it is off yeah but not off in the way that you yeah. can't I think it's lovely so we used to grow our own kefir you know if you get if you get someone who's already established it, you can you take some of it, theirs, strain theirs, and use that yeah. to ferment your own milk. Um, we don't take it anymore, um, just because I know I get probiotics through my probiotic supplementation. Right, okay, yeah. And it was a bit of a pig to ma manage yeah. looking after it, because it's like a living creature. Like You've got to keep, yeah, yeah. keep looking after it, otherwise it goes off. Um, and and then it's expensive on its own if you're going to buy it in a and yeah in a pot and it's so. dairy as well so like if you're trying to minimize dairy yeah. impact like whilst some of the, most of the lactose is probably broken down through that process it's dairy and I don't need it so no we don't take that anymore okay. yeah. but I wouldn't say there's no reason for it but we found ways to get the benefits of of it without taking it yeah and also the other thing I was going to mention was bulletproof coffee. That's something else that you do. Are you still doing that? I do and it every morning, but it's, it's it's become a different beast now. Right. Okay. Why is that? So I I used to just do bulletproof coffee, which was uh, Nespresso, yeah, um, and coconut oil, yeah, with some water, and it kind of creates a creamy, creamier but quite bitter coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to blend it because the it's not emulsified. So to emulsify it, you need to, you know, it needs to be hot and it needs to be spinning fast. So yeah. you put it in one of these bulletproof, sorry, it's these um, neutral bullets or something like yeah. that. So I used to do that, but I do, I still do that. But I've added so many more ingredients in it because right. it's my, it's my drink in the morning that gets all the things in that I need. Yeah, and it tastes all right. So this is what I do. I get a vegan protein scoop from Awesome Supplements that tastes lovely. Yeah, it's good. The salted caramel. I get an espresso shot. I um, stick in some coconut oil, put some turmeric, a little mm -hmm. bit, so it doesn't go too spicy. Um, sometimes I put my creatine in there just to get that in there. And that's in almond milk. And if I want to really amp it up, I'll stick my colostrum and my reishi in there as well. Blend that all together. Make sure it's hot, so I put hot water in there mm -hmm. and just knock that back, and it tastes really nice. I mean... Yeah. Maybe I'm weird because I eat weird food, <laughs> but I think it tastes really good. Yeah. And I'm getting all of that goodness in one go. So I'm getting the caffeine, I'm getting the coconut oil for, you know, going keto ketosis in some, yeah. some form. You know, I've got, you know, the goodness of the almond almond butter, uh, the almond milk. Sometimes I even put almond butter in there. It's like peanut butter. It tastes fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the rice. What rage. butter did you use to use? Sorry. What you used to use in... Uh... I do stick butter. Did I say butter? Yeah. I think you used to... What do you use now then? So I just do coconut oil. Coconut oil. Yeah. Instead of butter or yeah, as yeah. well as... Yeah, because you, you're just looking for... You're looking for that high... The, the, the fat healthy content. fats. Okay. So it's either... You can do coconut oil and butter. Apologies, you're right. Yeah, I used to... My Bulletproof Coffee had coconut oil yeah. and that. But now I just do coconut oil. I've, I've right, skipped okay. the butter altogether. Yeah. It was grass-fed butter or sometimes I'd use ghee. That's it, yeah. Ghee, which is yeah, clarified was... butter. It's like a liquid butter. Yeah. yeah, I did wonder what butter you used with that. You might have to send these ingredients over and I'll try it. I've tried one of your bulletproof coffees, but not with the turmeric and the whole shebang. It so tastes see... all right, man. I mean, it's yeah. it's not going to be for everyone, but yeah. um, if you want to get all these good things in, you want to get you know a boost of energy up front, you want to start fired up, Yeah. and uh, you want to load yourself up with those antioxidants in a way which you can smuggle them into your food without trying to like manufacture a meal that doesn't really work yeah 
a drink is a great way to hide stuff in. Definitely. You know, that's why a lot of people do green smoothies and they chuck all their stuff in there. Yeah. I just find this is that that first starting drink, that first bit of food I have in the morning, which is nothing but goodness. Mm-hmm. And I really feel amazing after it. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Cool. I think I think we're done on yeah, what, that's covered what everything. has made me sound like an absolute freak. <laughs> <laughs> just a bit. Yeah. It was the uh, colostrum that, that did it. For that's me. that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> taking you over the edge, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I was gagging behind. I'll the show you. I'll show you after this what yeah. it is. You realise it doesn't look too as bad. Yeah. Cool. All right. Listen, man. I hope hopefully that covered it in some detail. Um, look, this is going to change and evolve, right? These things I'm taking now as I learn more, yeah. some are going to drop off the list. Yeah. Maybe get replaced with other things, but nutrition right and now, the research always changes. This supports the lifestyle that I want to have, which is to live the best I possibly can. Yeah. And guys, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and, and you know, grown to understand that adaptation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health and mindset inside and out. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.